the science magazine of the air. Your science magazine of the air brings you another story from the human adventure titled, How Your Baby Grows. I don't know where you are today, since the only address the Army gave me is care of Postmaster, San Francisco. But wherever you are, I know you remembered a very special day last week. Remembered us as we thought of you that day. And every day. Junior has come of age. Three whole delicious years. The young mother, your wife, writes a letter. And as you read it, your mind goes back to that day three years ago. The corridors of the hospital are quiet, faintly lit by the dim light of lamps which finger the walls with splashes of shadow. You walk down the corridor in your nervous hand a slip of paper from the nurse's desk. Your drawn, tired eyes scan the numbers of the rooms. Room 29. This is it, I guess. Ellie, honey. Ellie, it's me, Fred. Hello, darling. Gee, honey, how do you feel? A little tired. Yeah, you look wonderful. Do I, Fred? Really? Boy, to me, you're just about the most beautiful person I've ever seen. That's sweet. Ellie. Yes, darling? Ellie, I, uh, I saw the baby through the glass the doctor showed me. How does he look? Well, uh, <laughs> gosh, I don't know. Does he look like you, darling? He looked like, uh, well, <laughs> he certainly looked worried. I guess he looks like you, then. <laughs> he weighs eight pounds and four ounces. That's pretty good. Ellie, he's just about the best baby anybody ever had. He'll always be the best baby, darling. Just you wait until we get him home, and he starts to grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Just you wait until we get him home and he starts to grow up. Then begins the greatest of all human adventures, the growth and development of a child. Now your host on the human adventure, Mr. Stephen M. Corey of the Encyclopedia Britannica and the University of Chicago. Today, despite the uncertainties of life itself in wartime, more babies are being born in America than at any period in our history. And every new parent wants his child to grow up in a healthy and normal manner. But what is healthy and what is normal can be decided only after exhaustive scientific study. To Dr. Arnold Gazelle, director of the Clinic of Child Development of Yale University, perhaps more than to any other man, we owe our advanced knowledge of the healthy and the normal in a child's development. Dr. Gazelle has scientifically observed hundreds of American infants and children during more than 20 years of study at Yale University, 
probing into the life adventures of human beings, utilizing a psychiatric division, departments of psychology and anthropology, and the clinic of child development. The story you will hear today is the growth of your child, another exciting chapter from the Notebooks of Science on the Human Adventure. A husband and wife choose each other, but they cannot choose their children. That is the great adventure of life. The newborn infant is an individual in his own right and must be accepted as such. This, then, is the biography of one such infant, Fred Jr. He's left the hospital now and so to bed in his palace, his crib at home, at the age of one month. Look, Ellie, he's smiling at me. That's no smile. He's probably got to burp. Oh. There, there. Up you go on Mommy's shoulder. Now, pat the back. Oh, da, da, da. <laughs> hey, Ellie, look, he's staring right at me. He recognizes his old pop. Hiya, Junior. Shh. He sees you, but I doubt whether he knows you're his father. Well, that's gratitude for you. But he's looking me right in the eye. Oh, what did I do now? You talk too loud. He doesn't like loud noises. Gee whiz, he's always crying. Not always, only when he's hungry or wet. But when he's not hungry or wet, then he's always sleeping. Oh, take the diapers off the rocker, Fred, so I can sit down and quiet him. Please. But I heard you ain't supposed to rock a baby. Well, he was rocking around inside of me for a long time. So I guess a little more rocking won't give him any bad habits. Yes, you can rock him. He won't fall apart. He's not as limp as he was at birth. He's a whole month old. Feeling. There's tone in his muscles that tighten in tension as you pick him up. He's asleep now. Laying down easy. Listen to him breathe now. Deeper. More regular. No gasps. No choking or sneezing. Just the easy, peaceful breathing of life of a baby one month old. Old enough to love life now. He knows what it is. The snugness of a nest of blankets, of being surely held. But look at his eyes as he wakes up from his nap. Pull up the shade and let the light in. Easily, look. His eyes reach for the light. They're opening now. They roll less aimlessly than at birth. The twelve tiny vital muscles of the eye are now firmly in control. Spotting a new world with courage and fascination... A baby is never complete. He's always in the making. Though incomplete, he's always charged with promise. And that promise, that future of a baby, is a matter of real concern to you as it is to every parent. Now let us imagine that your wife is taking your child to Dr. Gazelle's clinic at Yale University. No, your child is not sick. He's a normal child. But perhaps like most anxious young parents who've not seen a child grow before, you may think the things he does are abnormal. Well, now your wife is in Dr. Gazelle's office. He sits across from her, a six-footer with snow-white hair, a rather reserved manner, yet easy to talk to. Professor Gazelle, I just had a baby about a month ago. Well, that's small work for you. <laughs> and you, too. 
I'd like you to tell me what to expect. I mean, how will he grow? In a zigzag pattern. The problem is to keep your child psychologically as normal as he is likely to be physically. What do you mean? There are many more children who are psychologically injured from parental mismanagement and lack of understanding than are injured physically by accident or hereditary disabilities. That really, Mrs. Allen, is why we set up this child clinic. Mm, I see. We wish to learn more about the nature and the psychological needs of babies and young children. So we decided to chart the development of the baby's mind from the time of birth through the first five years of life. Uh, come along. I'll show you now in part how this was done. Entering the laboratory, they see before them a dome-like room. In shape, it resembles an Eskimo igloo, but it is flooded with soft, warm light. This is the photographic dome for observing and recording the baby's behavior. Oh, he's darling. Your wife is filled with a happy smile at the baby basking in his crib in the center of the dome. <laughs> the baby doesn't see her because the dome is encased in a specially constructed one-way vision screen which provides walls that are transparent for her, but not for him. The uh, motion picture camera is over there. Oh, where, Dr. Gazelle? I don't see it. Well, that's part of the idea. But look, see there? Oh, yes. The camera is focused on the child and records his every movement. <laughs> and what movement? <laughs> oh, they're fascinating records to analyze. Seeing the baby's mind growing month by month, developing new patterns of behavior. Patterns of behavior? <laughs> Does that sound ominous? <laughs> a little, if you're a new mother. Well, the pattern simply proves that no two children are exactly alike. Oh, thank goodness for that. No, thank nature. Despite the differences, they all nevertheless follow a similar pattern of growth. Well, after you collect all of your movies, then what do you do? Well, after a careful analysis of the photographic and stenographic records, we set up norms of development, that is, standards of maturity for each advancing age. And uh, what do these norms reveal? They show us what to expect at different ages in the baby's mind and personality. I can hardly wait to see what happens to my little Freddy when he begins to grow. Well, there's no time like the present, is there? Let's get back to your baby and observe what happens to him step by step. What is the mind of a four-weeks-old baby like? He can't tell us, and you and I can't recall what it was like. Nevertheless, we can gain a just and useful picture of the psychology of a baby, even at the tender age of four weeks if we examine the different kinds of behavior of which he is capable. His behavior patterns, his behavior traits, tell us what he really is. Boy, he's really a mature guy. Don't be silly, Fred. Silly? Why, he's a million times more mature than he was as a kid. Yes, you're right, even if it is news to you. The four-week-old baby is more mature than a newborn baby. Multimillions of nerve fibers from millions of nerve cells have made new connections with each other. And with these results... He enjoys the massive warmth and tingle of the bath. Here, there. You can't have that stuff. No, no, no. But he reacts negatively to frustrations and denials. That's a personality growing up, not just a bundle of reflexes. Here, Butch. Here's a rattle. Hey, he doesn't want it. 
How do you know? She ain't reached for it. But his eyes have. <laughs> Just look at that gimme look. <laughs> <laughs> he reaches with his eyes because the eyes take the lead in the organization of his growing brain. But the point is, he's growing. He lets you know about his simple demands. He responds with a kind of comprehension to rattles and things. And he lets you know what he likes and doesn't like. From four weeks old to four months old is a big jump in a baby's life, but let's make it anyway. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men... Uh, could be, but on the other hand, she wore silk gloves. What in the world are you doing with that baby? Just a little conversation. Kind of heavy stuff. Ah, he's smart. Besides, it says here in the book, quote, at 16 weeks, he likes to have people pay attention to him, sing to him. Oh, I'm talking. Mm-hmm. But why not try his language? Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, Ellie, I uh, think he's going to go. <laughs> Is that what he said? No, his diaper did. Take him. <laughs> well, put him down on the couch. With pleasure. Oh, look how he likes it here in the living room. He likes the change of scenery. Yeah, something new instead of that old nursery. Oh, Fred. Fred, look. What's the matter? Well... For the first time, he's beginning to hold his head up all by himself. That's growth for you, holding his head up. Now prop him up against the pillow on the Davenport, your four-month baby. He likes it. Watch his eyes widen now. Feel his pulse strengthen, his breathing quicken. He's got a mind to leave the horizontal behind. He's stretching for the vertical, stretching for the sky. At four months old, your baby fingered his fingers. That's past tense. He's at the half-year mark now, and his fingers are after his toes. He's discovering himself and the size and the weight and the shape of things. Hand him a clothespin and watch him hold it and mouth it. That clothespin is a hunk of the outside world to him. But let's show him a bit more of this planet Earth. How about taking him to the doctor's office? It's a good place for the half-year checkup. Come in now, Mrs. Allen. Oh, good. He was getting restless. Well, well, and how is the big fella today? Hmm? <laughs> there, there. No one's going to hurt you, son. He's always so good, but as soon as... Yes, you... yes. As soon as you get him before company, he hollers. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm ashamed. Well, most babies cry at the doctor. We poke them. <laughs> well, I've been doing some poking at him myself. With a spoon. In another six months, he'll put a spoon in a cup. Got two years in his mouth. Does he uh, eat all right now? Well, he has his ups and downs. I don't think he eats enough. <laughs> Never mind what you think. Does he think he eats enough? But he doesn't know. He's only a, a baby. <laughs> he's got his own stomach and his own brain that tells him when he's had enough. You're feeding him as much as you think he ought to eat. But he's got his own standards. But I'm only following the schedule. Schedules are scientific, but babies are human. You can't always stick to schedules, you know. Oh, I found that out. He sleeps when he should be eating. He cries when he should be sleeping. 
He's even hungry sometimes when he ought to be satisfied. <laughs> your schedule looks pretty sick to me, but your baby looks pretty healthy. <laughs> uh, he never will do anything out of sheer obstinacy or deviltry or nonsense or just plain meanness. Everything he does is all part of a natural process. It's growth. Do you remember if he cried much in the past few weeks? Well, yes. He was kind of sensitive to sudden changes. He yelled his head off when someone he was looking at suddenly disappeared out of the room. But he doesn't do that anymore. No, no. <laughs> Look at him. Pretty friendly, eh? <laughs> well, Doctor, yes? say next month and the month and the years after. Can you really tell how he'll behave? Well, growth is never smooth or progressive. Now, at uh, six months, he's content. A month from now, he'll fear strangers again. Like he did a couple of months ago? Probably. At about nine months, he'll be thrilled at being able to pull himself up to a standing position. He'll also be happy to play alone. And a month after that, timid again. At a year, sociable. At 21 months, he may have tempers and tantrums. Then I shouldn't blame it on my in-laws. Oh, no, no, no. Blame it on Junior. <laughs> Growth is awful tough on a kid. first birthday. Quite an occasion. Come to the party, kids. Jimmy, the two-year-old guy from next door, is here. I'm Dick Tracy. Bobby Damon, the tow-haired kid who recites poems. Twink up, twink a little star. Little Sadie and her ma who made the cake. Oh, it was nothing, really. And Uncle Joe. <laughs> Even he came for the ice cream. Timmy, the tough kid whose big breath blew out the candles. <gasps> Quite an occasion. Yes, quite an occasion. But mark off the twelfth month as merely midstream. Stroll him out in his carriage at fifteen months and celebrate another occasion. Now, we'll take him out of the carriage and... Put him on the nice grass. Oh, don't you think the ground is too damp? Nah, he hardly touches the ground. See? He walks like a spider on his hands and the soles of his feet. He hardly ever did crawl. What's the idea, friend? Junior has now come to the station in life where he must assume the position of a Pithecanthropus erectus. A what? Okay, Junior. Up you go. Now, let go of my hand. Easy. Fred, he'll fall. Could be. But I think you'll walk first. Watch. Some will walk at eight months, some at 12. Some not until 15 months, but they'll all get up on their hind legs one of these days and walk. He's tough now, your 15-monther. He strains at the leash. He'll wear you out when you try to dress him. But wait. Your discoverer has found another great new world. First with his eyes he reached out, now with his hands. He's learning the great power of release. Neatly enough to build one block upon another. And with equal amazing dexterity, he can drop a marble into a bottle. Translated means there. I do it. 
And he has the maturing power to release a ball for a harmless to-and-fro game. Gently. But at 18 months, watch out. At 18 months old, he'll hurl the ball through the room, through space. Junior, Mommy's pretty vague. Uh-uh, don't yell at him. Even primitive man was once awkward at throwing stones. It'll take years of neuromuscular organization before he can hurl a ball over home plate. Yeah, this is the age at 18 months. The age at which you say... Oh, Fred, Junior tires me out. He's into everything. Everything is right. Since when has he taken to reading the Encyclopedia Britannica? I didn't know he had. Well, look, who took the whole darn set off of the shelves to build a bridge of books into the bathtub? Oh, I can't do a thing with him. He opens drawers and closes drawers. He puts things in, he pulls things out. He drops things in the toilet. And wait till you see the plumber's bill. I wonder what happened to my shaving bowl. The plumber found it. It's just got me, Fred. He climbs upstairs and then downstairs. He's always hiding and scaring the daylights out of me. He walks backwards instead of forward. He won't stay in the carriage. He wants to push it. He follows me all over the house. He sweeps, he dusts, he, he mimics, he tears magazines and wallpapers. He picks at things. He, he sticks things into the light plugs. He, he pulls out all the pots and pans. Like Jimmy Durand, he says, what an experience. Junior, come here. Look at that, Ellie. How can I ball him out? He brought my slippers. Thank you. It talks. Yes, it talks. Just bone up on your encyclopedia. It won't be long before it starts asking questions. Yep, give him time. He's learning. He's immersed in the immediate. Give him time. The push of growth will soon lift him out of the immediate and head him for the future. At 18 months, your child may attend a nursery school one hour a week. In the School of Medicine, Yale University has set up one of the foremost scientific nursery schools in the United States. It is more than a nursery school. It is a research laboratory observing the growth of all kinds of children. Your growing child is two now. Come behind the screen in the nursery school with one of the staff of the clinic. This is parents' day to watch baby's day at the nursery. quiet Junior is. He must be sick. Look how he dawdles and just looks around. Oh, he cut his last milk teeth. No, he's all right, I think. But he used to be such a dynamo. He'd wear me out with his shifting and darting and dashing around. Uh, how old was he when he did that? About 18 months. Well, he's two now. He's not lazy. He's just taking his time to absorb a couple of new experiences. He's past flitting around. Oh, getting kind of conservative. <laughs> oh, hush, he'll hear you. Don't expect him to be thorough yet. He still can't keep his mind on things very long. Uh, but he knows lots of words. He used to know only how to say baby. Now he can say man, lady, even boy and girl. Not to mention his own name. Yes. He's a regular thesaurus of words. <laughs> Junior Shakespeare. 
Oh, now look at him. He's on the rocking chair, rocking away. <laughs> and now he stopped. Still wandering, still acting in snatches. Oh, he's got a wooden hammer now and banging away. <laughs> and now he gave that up. I'll have to write his father all about this. Oh, is he gone? Mm-hmm. For a while. He's in the army. They were just kind of getting to know each other. And even Junior now is beginning to appreciate what a man means around the house. Fred's gone a year now. A year of a kid growing... A year of a man fighting for a right to let a kid grow. Ellie writes a letter to Fred. Fred, darling, I don't know where you are today, since the only address the Army gave me is care of Postmaster, San Francisco. But wherever you are, I know you remembered a very special day last week. Remembered us as we thought of you that day, and every day. Junior has come of age. Three whole delicious years. We had a party. Just the two of us. Your son is quite a conversationalist now. Favorite topics. One. Tell me, Mommy, how was I when I was a baby? Did I cry? And the other. Stories I tell him about you. He loves people. Real keen interest kind of adult, how he watches their facial expressions, trying to find out what their faces are saying. It frightens me a little, because I can't tell him what goes on in their faces. How can you tell a healthy human being who is growing up straight about how cockeyed the world is? Even though Junior has a sense of time now, a sense of the future, Remember how he couldn't wait for things when he was a baby? Now he can hold himself in anticipation, and you can even put him off a bit. But I hope we won't have to put him off too long, my darling. I pray you'll soon be with us. I love you, Fred. Always, Ellie. Now your host on the human adventure, Mr. Stephen M. Corey of the University of Chicago and the Encyclopedia Britannica. The men who return from war to their children will justly demand that the blood of their sons shall not be spent on a battlefield. And they may realize this hope if in the changing world that will follow this war, man will enrich and increase and protect the development of his child. It is to the child that we must dedicate all our understanding and resources. And it is the great contribution of Dr. Gazelle, scholar of Yale University, that he has advanced more perhaps than any other man our knowledge of the growth and development of children. Yet, Dr. Gazelle would be the first to state that his work is only a beginning. There is much about the mysteries of the young human in growth that we do not yet know. 
It is the research of scientists which give us the promise for better citizens, for a better tomorrow, and that is the human adventure. another fascinating chapter from the human adventure titled how your baby grows Thank you.